The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I remember when I was a lot younger, uh, my parents got my brothers and me into a car and we drove to my parents' friend's house. And I was really excited for this because this particular uh, friends of my parents, they had a really, really, really big backyard. It was acres and acres of fields and trees, and we were really excited. We were younger, and we just wanted to go out and play in the backyard. So right when we arrived, my parents would go, went inside to talk with their friends. My brothers and I, we bolted out, and we went and played in the backyard, in the acres and acres. And uh, we were younger, so our imaginations just kind of went wild, and we had a lot of fun, and we played for hours well, then when we were playing, I noticed kind of like at the side of uh, one of the parts of the, the uh, fields was this big, thick, like bushes and bushes of blackberry bushes. Just it was huge. And I said to myself, man, I'm hungry. I want to eat some blackberries. So I don't know if, if you see like a blackberry bush or a strawberry patch or something and you're like, I need to go eat that. That's me. I wanted to do that. So I, I said, peace out, brothers. And I went running. I went to the black, this huge blackberry bush and I was investigating to like find like the, the biggest and thickest blackberry and I found it and I ate it and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so good. So I, I went more into this, this huge like wall of blackberry bushes, found another one, ate it. And then I went in and found another juicy one, ate it. And I was like weaving through these, these thorns and kept eating and eating what seemed like an hour or two went by. And then finally I realized, man, I've had enough blackberries. I'm done. I wonder where my brothers are. So I finally like got up because I was kneeling down and right in front of me was this like huge blackberry thorn wall. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's right there. This is so huge. And I looked up and it went super, super high. I couldn't see where it ended. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where am I? I turned to the side and I realized the same thing right in front of my face, this huge wall. I turned, huge wall, turned, huge wall. And I thought, how did I get in here? <laughs> I'm trapped. But I thought, hey, if I can get in, I can get out. So I looked where I might have been, and, and I tried to get out, but I couldn't. And then I thought, oh my goodness, what's happening? So I tried another route, and I couldn't get out. So panic started to rise. I started to get scared. I thought, what if I'm here forever? So I slowly started, and mind you, these are thick blackberry bushes, and, and like the thorns on them are huge. So I slowly tried to push it aside, and, and, I, and it wouldn't help. I was completely surrounded. Panic started rising again, and I started kind of thrashing more, and then I went back, I'm like, ow, this hurts. I was cut on my hands and my arms. Panic started to rise again. Claustrophobia started really, really seeping in. So I didn't care about the thorns. I kept trying to thrash my way out, push my way out, and more cuts were on my hands, and I realized I'm stuck. I'm surrounded. I can't get out. And so I realized 
I can't get out by myself. I need someone to come and help me. So immediately I started shouting at the top of my lungs, help me, I'm stuck in these blackberry bushes. I can't get out. I don't know how I got in. Help me. Nothing. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Help me, someone, help me. Brothers, are you playing a joke on me? Help me, get me out of here. Nothing. I kept screaming and yelling and hearing nothing. Screaming and yelling and hearing nothing. And then my panic just went out to full out fear. I thought, man, how long am I going to stay in here? I'm stuck. I'm surrounded. And then I heard a voice. It was yelling to me. It said my name. And so I said, yes, I'm here. I'm stuck in these blackberry bushes. I heard the voice again. It was my dad. My dad heard me, and he came to the rescue. So I started shouting to my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I got stuck, but I need to get out. I'm so scared. He said, Michael, it's going to be okay. I'm here. We're going to get you out. And so I heard him just kind of blazing a trail on the other side to just kind of clear the thick blackberry bushes. And then he kept going until he actually couldn't go anymore. And then he said, hey, Michael, do you see this, this small opening down like at the bottom left? And I said, yeah, I do. I actually see that opening. And he said, then he said something that I will never forget. He said, if you want to get to the other side, then you've got to go through. And, and that sentence, those words, just rang loudly in my mind. And, and I, I, I just didn't know what to do. But he said, if you want to get to the other side, you've got to go through. But I said, the way through, it's dangerous, Dad. The way through, there's thorns. I can't see the way through. And then he said, I understand, but I'm here. I'm with you. I'll help you. And then he said it again, if you want to get to the other side, then you've got to go through. So I took a deep breath. I got down and I started to go in that, that little opening and, and I could hardly see. It really, really hurt. And I was listening to his voice though. He was directing, to, uh, directing me through and I kept thinking to myself as it was just cutting my hands, if I, if I want to get to the other side, then I've got to go through. If I want to get to the other side, then I've got to go through. And then I finally saw this like little light kind of shine through where I was kneeling. And, and I kind of carefully pushed back the last little blackberry bush and I got through. And I was so happy. I got up. I hugged my dad. I looked behind me at this huge thorn wall that I just went through and I sighed a breath of relief. I was so thankful that I was on the other side. Now today, we're continuing our series on Psalm 23. We're uh, talking about a life without lack. And last week, we talked about how God is our shepherd and how we are his sheep. And, and this week, we're continuing in that analogy. And like my dad led me through the thick blackberry bush, we're going to read how God wants to lead you through the dark valley that right now you might be in. On that, the uh, writer of Psalm 20, 23, David, he wrote, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
So whether you've grown up in the church or not, I'm sure that you've probably heard that verse before. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Or as the original text says, even though I walk through the darkest valleys. Valleys that can just be so dark that that fear can just start to grip us. And we've heard this this verse before and we've probably experienced it before. I mean, David, David knew what it was like to go through dark valleys, and so do we. And since navigating through these these dark valleys are a part of navigating through life, I want to spend the rest of our time today discussing three guiding truths that will help you as you navigate through the dark valleys. The first guiding truth is that God will direct you. Now, here's the thing about shepherds and their sheep. Sometimes shepherds, they need to actually move their flocks of sheep from one pasture to another. I mean, sometimes where the sheep are at, there's this grass and they're eating grass and then soon all the grass is gone or it's in the summer and like all the grass is kind of withered and died and maybe the little water sources, they've, they've uh, evaporated and there's no water. So the shepherd, they need to be mobile with the sheep. They need to move the sheep. Shepherds are constantly moving their flock so that their sheep can not only uh, stay alive, but can thrive. In fact, that's the shepherd's number one job. But often, getting to that green pasture, moving from the one that's dying where they are to the green one, it requires traveling. And what, what can be found in different places, such as Israel, kind of the context in the land that David was writing this, is this word uh, called wadis, W-A-D-I. And these wadis are like channels. And uh, in like seasons when it's raining, uh, rain will travel through these channels, uh, and often these channels are in valleys. Now, when it's not the raining season and it's dry, what happens is these wadis, they're dry. And so shepherds, different people, sheep, they would go through these wadis. They would go through these valleys. And what's interesting is that these wadis, sometimes the wadis in different locations, they're so deep in the mountains. They go so deep down and the, the, the winding wadi, the winding valley is so deep that light can't get in. Light can't reach the bottom. So even if it's as bright as day, when you're in there, it could look almost as dark as night. But it was necessary. The shepherds needed to lead the sheep through these wadis, through these valleys, to help them not only uh, stay alive, but to thrive. They would lead them. And now lead is a really important word here. Lead. You see, If we're up to the sheep, (laughs) sheep aren't the smartest animals. And if it were up to the sheep, they would just want to stay. They want to stay in the previous pasture. I mean, it doesn't matter if if, like the pasture is is dried up. They don't want to make the trek out. In fact, sheep wouldn't know the way and they wouldn't know the why. They wouldn't know what was waiting for them on the other side. They'd rather stay. They'd stay and, and hope that, yeah, the grass is gone, but maybe the grass will grow. Or they might be like, okay, I just got to wait a season, but maybe that waiting will be too long. And the shepherds know that they need to leave. And the shepherds not only know this, but they know the land that's fertile, and they know how to get there. And there was a word that David used in the psalm, they used their staff. 
You see, the shepherds, it was like this kind of big walking stick. And they would use the staff to gently tap the sheep to be like, hey, you got to go in this direction. They would tap the sheep and be like, that's the, that's the valley. You got to go down. And the sheep would, would go, uh, and, would go and uh, follow the direction of their shepherd. The sheep would follow them even through the darkest valleys. Because the shepherds know and the sheep soon learn that if they want to get through to the other side, then they've got to go through. And the same, uh, the same thing is true for us. Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Another way of saying it is he will direct your paths or he will lead you down the righteous or the right path. Now, if you want to get somewhere and you don't know how to, like the sheep are like, oh, gosh, I don't know how to get there. Uh, if you want to get somewhere, you need to help, uh, you need to find something to help you navigate. And uh, humans have been using different things to navigate uh, for, for centuries and centuries. I mean, sailors way back then, when they would go and, and uh, go out in the ocean, they would use the stars and the stars would help navigate them. The stars would show them where to go. Hikers, hikers will use maps or, or often stand rocks on trails and be like, oh my gosh, where am I going? Oh, I think there's a standing rock. And then they would go to that rock and be, oh, there's another standing rock. And if you're a punk like me, I would like actually put fake standing rocks and tick people off, but that's another story. But um, hikers would use that. And, and people nowadays, if we want to get from point A to point B, we will use a GPS. We will download something and type in where we need to go and we will follow it. But if you're extremely directionally challenged like I am, and I don't use that phrase lightly, like you're going to need anything. I don't know if you've been to a house before and someone will be like, oh yeah, can you go and get, go to the north side of the house and get me a bucket? Like I get that and I'm like, what's the north side? And I've talked with people and they're like, Michael, it's so easy. You just got to know where the sun is and where it sets. I'm like, I don't understand that. So I'll go somewhere and they're like, Michael, that's the east side. I still don't understand what northeast, whatever. I'm directionally challenged. That's why anyone else directionally challenged, thank you. There's, we're going to start a life group after this. <laughs> but... <clears throat> I need something. If you raise your hands, we need something that will help us, um, help navigate us. We need that. We need our GPSs. And here in the verse that we read in Proverbs, Proverbs is telling us that God, God is the one that directs our paths. God is. He's our GPS. Jeez, God, I'm in this season and it's a hard season, and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm lost. I'm stuck. God says to trust in him, and he will lead you down the right path. He's the shepherd who knows where to go, and he's the shepherd that's willing to lead. And with prayer, one of the best ways that we can follow him is through his word. The psalmist wrote, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. His, the word, the Bible, that is, is something that helps us know where to go. His word is like a shepherd's staff that will direct you, tap you on the side and be like, hey, maybe you should go down this way. Maybe that, that might actually lead to life. His word teaches us how to follow. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
relationships are two-way street. And since they are, God never makes us follow, but he invites us to follow. Kind of like when we intentionally uh, go and open up a GPS app for direction, we have an invitation to intentionally go to God and open up his word and ask for direction. God, what do I do? Where do I go? We have the opportunity to talk to people around us too that can help us understand that. And I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you are lying down in green pastures in your life, if you're beside still waters, if your soul is restored, if you're at the beginning of Psalm 23, if you're there, that's awesome. It's a great place to be. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us who aren't at the beginning of Psalm 23, for those who are struggling, for those who know that there's more to life than what they're experiencing, for those who hope that there's more to life than what they're experiencing, hope that this pain won't last forever, hope that singleness, hope that singleness won't last forever. Hope that the relationship that you're in, that situation will get better. Hope that this chaotic season at work, hope that this chaotic season just in life in general, hope that your relationships will get better. For those of us who hope in the dark, we're invited to trust like sheep do their shepherd because, because he knows what you need. Because he's the shepherd that knows the greener pasture and he knows how to get through the valley to reach that greener pasture, to trust him. Even when you're navigating through those valleys and it seems dark and you're filled with fear, fear of what's unseen, fear of hidden danger. In fact, fear Fear is what can make us not go through the valley. Which leads us to our second guiding truth. God will protect you. You see, the staff, the staff comforts comforts the sheep because the shepherds use it to direct them. The rod comforts the sheep because the shepherds use it to protect them. Now, rods uh, were, were these like kind of smaller, heavy clubs. And what would happen when, when shepherds were traveling with their sheep in these wadis, in these dark valleys, often there were predators that would hide in caves or hide at the side of the road and would go and jump on the sheep and try to attack them. And the shepherds would pull out their rods and they'd be like, uh-uh. And they would hit, they would hit the uh, predators as they're jumping towards the sheep. And let me talk about sheep for a second. Like, I don't know if you've actually seen a sheep in life, but they're like, little comfy, cuddly, like, oh, they're little sheep, you know, and they're just, bah, you know, you, you count them when you try to go to sleep. They're so cute. A sheep is not going to put up a fight with a predator. A sheep's going to be like, I'm going to die. This is scary. And the shepherd's like, that's my sheep. And the shepherd goes in and like attacks the attacker. And the sheep are like, thank you, because I'm just this cute little cuddly thing. You see, sheep The only thing that sheep can do when the sheep are going to be attacked is trust their shepherd and stay still. They need to stay still and trust. Now, for hundreds of years, for hundreds of years, the Israelites, they were held in slavery in Egypt. They were mistreated. They were oppressed. 
They hoped in the dark until God sent Moses to free them. And it says, God came down in a pillar of fire and showed them where to go. In a pillar of fire, he navigated them like a shepherd through the dark valley to their green pastures. But then something happened. On the road, when the Israelites were following God out of nowhere, the Pharaoh and his army, they came and they attacked him like a predator. They were, they were ready to pounce on the Israelites. And the Israelites at that moment, they just were filled with fear. All hope seemed lost. And then they looked to Moses and Moses said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Church, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Do you believe that? And initially, you might be thinking like, yes, of course, yes, I believe that. But honestly, if you're like me, and, and when you think about it, it might, might be more like a, well, I mean, maybe. And you might think about it more, and you might think to yourself, well, maybe, maybe, because you see, God, my problems, my problems just seem too big. The valley just seems too dark. Or I've been here in the valley for too long. I've been hoping. I've been surrounded. And I've given up hope. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Much, much, much later, God saw that his people were still in slavery. They were slaves, they were slaves to darkness. They were slaves to sin. So Jesus, the good shepherd, what he did was he entered into the dark valley of our lives to save us. Because he knew that the only way we can get to the other side is if he made a way for us to go through. I mean, the Bible says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. You see, Jesus died for his sheep. The shepherd's rod was a cross, and he did this to make a way for you to get through to the other side. The Bible says that, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we, were, we, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, in the dark valley of our sin, the good shepherd fought for us while we were still. And why? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Because he loves you. And the same is true for you today in whatever dark valley you find yourself in. This is the truth. No evil is too strong. 
No predator is too big for your shepherd. And because of this, because of this, we don't have to fear, which is our third guiding truth. Do not fear. It's one of the most repeated commands in the Bible. Do not fear. Do not fear what you might be up against. Do not fear whatever tomorrow will bring. Do not fear. Do not fear. And why? Because as David said in Psalms 23, you are with me. God is with you. And even though the dark valley uh, might just seem like it's closing in around you, even though you're pushing through the thorns of your situation and it's cutting you, do not fear. Because God is not only with you, but he's on the other side. He's your father. He loves you. And he has made a way for you. But... If you want to get to the other side, then you've got to go through. Through the valley knowing that he's with you. Through the valley knowing that he's on the other side. Through the valley because something greater is waiting for you on the other side. It's a place where you'll thrive. It's a place that'll seem like all of this is worth it. That's why he's guiding you through it. That's why it's called the right path, even though it could be a dark path. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you in whatever you're in, whatever you're facing, whatever dark valley right now that you're going through, and it seems like it's so dark, and you've been traveling through it, and you're like, Michael, I hear you talking about this, but you don't know what situation I'm in. No, I don't, but God does. He's right there with you, and he's on the other side. I want to encourage you, don't give up on your journey. Don't give up as you go through. Don't give up because the darkness may seem too dark. Because the dark valley, here's the thing about them, they're not permanent. They're not. They might feel like it, but they're not. It won't last that's our hope. That's the gospel. You're just passing through. You are not meant to stay, so don't give up. Keep on trusting him. He will direct you. He will protect you. And because of that, there's nothing to fear. Let's pray. Jesus, <clears throat> life can sometimes feel like we're either just entering a dark valley, we're in a dark valley, or we're just leaving a dark valley. That's often our reality. And God, as, as people in this room, as, as a young adult or an older adult, wherever, however, whatever age we are, whatever situation we're in, we know what it's like to go through a valley. We know what it's like 
to, to, to be in a situation where we don't know where we're going to go. To be in a situation where we're just trusting you. Or to be in a situation where we've trusted you, God, and we just feel like you haven't directed us. And so we're stuck and we're surrounded. But God, I pray that you light the way. That you show us. God, and I pray for for everyone here right now, I pray for some individuals right now who I'm, I'm speaking and they just feel in their heart, yep, that's me. That's where I'm at. I'm in a dark valley. I'm in a season or a situation, a relationship. I'm at, in something at work, something in my life, maybe something that I keep going to and I try not to go to it and I try not to go to it, but I keep doing God and I feel like I'm a failure. God, I don't love myself. God, why did you create me to be this way? God, what if my anxiety never left? What if depression never left? There's a lot of what ifs in the room right now, God. We need your peace. The Bible says that you are the good shepherd, but the Bible also says that you are the prince of peace. You are the ruler of peace. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as we are navigating through whatever dark valley, that your peace can surround us in the middle and can let us know it's going to be okay. You're with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Let that be our reality tonight and during this next part of this service. Let us know that so deeply in our hearts that we leave changed. In your name we pray.